Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Southern New England Sports Original, 103.7 WEEI. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Now it's time for Cordishi and Coit. Call the show at 401-737-1287. Southern New England Sports Original, 1037-WEI. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Cordishi and Coit on Southern New England Sports Original, 1037-WEI. Scott Cordishi, Nick Coit here in Providence, Rhode Island. Good morning, Mr. Coit. Good morning, Mr. Cordishi. How are you doing this weekend? Good. All good, right. yeah. Good night last night of high school football. Um, I was just saying to Scott and Hendrick and LaSalle last night, so that was the big one. And Hendrick gets its revenge for uh, the state championship last year. So always a great game and uh, a lot of great games in the area. So we enjoy our Friday nights. And let's say good morning to our man, Joey P. Joe Passarelli up in our Worcester, Massachusetts studios. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Nick. Running point on this operation at the Love Shack here in Worcester. How are we doing today? <laughs> doing good, Joe, and good for you. You get a respite from the disaster that is the Patriots this week. They're on the road, so you don't have to sling any Bud Lights at the Razor tomorrow. I you, I you, can... you might be. <laughs> yeah, I'll be ripping my hair out at home watching yeah. watching this team lose uh, to the Raiders. Man, you know what? I was going to start with the Patriots, and if I do that, I know what's going to happen. It'll be two straight hours of Patriots. Uh, no. Because oh, I want to get to some other stuff, so but let's start with well, it. Well, let's not start with it. Let, let's hold the Patriots oh, okay. for, until like the second or third segment. Okay. Why don't we start with Bruins and Red Sox? Okay. Two we'll things I want to talk about, sure. and then we'll go. You know, we'll dive headlong into the Patriots because <laughs> I know that's what day. everybody wants right. to whine about. All right. All right, so uh, Bruins open up the season with a one nothing win over the Blackhawks. A couple of goals by Pasta, one of them in empty Three matter. to one, you mean one and oh. Oh, 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 I meant they opened one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> three one win over the Blackhawks. Yeah, Numbers. they won three to one. I Numbers. have it written down correctly. I just I know. read it. Numbers, 7 a.m. Saturday. It's okay, um, Scotty. Uh, they'll, they'll host Nashville, right, tonight? The Predators, yes. I believe, at TD yep. Garden. Mm-hmm. Um, I, very early, but your initial thoughts on the Bruins. I'll give you mine in a second, but uh, what did you think? Did you watch much yeah, of the opener? Okay. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good game. Um, the, the Bruins are going to win a lot of games. I think they're going to win a lot of games. I think they're going to be in contention for a playoff spot. I think they get to the playoffs. And then with the Stanley Cup playoffs, anything can happen. So uh, They still have, Scott. Yes, Bergeron and Krejci are gone. Yes, you're trying to figure out, okay, what are you doing up the middle in your forward groups? But you still have some really skilled guys. I mean, David Pasternak still – last time I checked, you still had David Pasternak on the team, the guy that scored 60 goals last year. You still have Brad Marchand, who is your captain now. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of guys that you still have. I thought – so one thing that, that bothered me uh, from the Boston Sports Radio uh, over the winter when the Bruins did it, I, it, so sometimes – I'll say his name. Sometimes Felger will say something, 
and and like complain about it. And I kind of turn around and I look around and I'm like, was anybody doing this or saying this? Because he's like, oh, everybody's excited about Lucic, we. And I'm like, who was reacting that way? That that thought that Milan Lucic coming back here was going to be the same Milan Lucic. Like, I think we're all smart enough to know that right. this is a different player and a different guy. It's exciting. Why? Because the guy won a Stanley Cup with your franchise. And, and Bruins fans like the guy. Yes. Is there a problem with that? And there's no, no problem with in, that. In fact, I was very happy to see him get an assist. Me in, too. And the ovation that he got. I thought it was a vintage sort of play from Lucic. Yeah. I like that he's back on this team because I think – at this stage in his career, I think he can still bring just a little bit of skill on certain nights and then just sort of some of that toughness that you've been lacking. You know, he's still yeah. got that size. Last time I checked, he still has that size. So, you know, I, I, I that was just sort you of know what it is? over. Felger thinks that we're not smart enough to understand that Milan Lucic isn't the next coming of David Pasternak, right. Brad Marchand, and, and, you know, Patrice Bergeron. Yeah, we get it. We, we know who he is. We yeah. know what type of player he is. Right. We like the guy. Yeah. It's okay to like the guy. It's okay to like a player. Right. Yeah, exactly. He's a very likable guy. Likes being here. We know what stage of his career he's at. We're not dumb we enough. get it. Exactly. We're not dumb enough to say so. But I thought it was a great play, you know, the game-winning goal. And, um, you know, I think you're going to get snippets of that from Lucic at certain times. And that's a good thing, especially on your fourth line. I think he can be good for some of the younger players that he's playing with. I think he was playing with Lauco and Beecher. Um, I love the Potra kid. I think I think he fits already, even at 19 years old. You look at the kid, he looks yeah. younger than 19. But I think that's, you know, I think the Bruins are lucking out there. But the reason I think, Scott, that the Bruins are going to win a lot of games is because I think you're pretty deep in your back end and between the pipes. I mean, you have two goaltenders that last year were very good, the Vezina Trophy winner and Linus yep. Olmark, yep. who will he play at a Vezina level again this year? Tough to expect that every year, but I think he's still going to be very good, and I think Jeremy Swayman's very good. And, you again, you have a good decor. I mean, Charlie McAvoy, Hampus Lindholm, you know, Brandon Carlo, Matt Grizzly, your top four. You know, you had a veteran like Shattenkirk. Like, okay, like – I think they're going to win a lot of games. They'll be in playoff contention, and then you never know. So I think it's going to be a, a nice season. It's not, not going to be historic like last year, but that's okay. I, if I enjoy watching the Bruins, I enjoy watching the Bruins. And so I think that's what I expect out of this season. You know, even though they outshot um, uh, Chicago 32-21, to 21, there were times when I just didn't love what I was looking at. Uh, from an effort standpoint defensively, I thought the Bruins – I don't want to say got a little lazy, but I thought they gave up some pretty good scoring opportunities in their own end that, you know, Olmark had to make some good saves on. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't thrilled with their performance. Now, I went into the game, I said, don't have the expectations on this team that you had. Don't think it's going to be last year's Bruins team that yeah. just rolled through the regular season. That isn't my expectation. But I, I didn't. I didn't love what I saw. I liked what I saw. And I agree with your assessment. They're going to win with goaltending and yeah. defense. Well, the funny thing is, Scott, you say that, and you know who else said that about the performance the other night? Who? Jim Montgomery. Did he? He, say, he basically said the same thing. He was like, I'm glad we got the win, we got the result, but a lot of things to clean up, a lot of things to work on. I thought we were a little, lo they were yeah. a little loose in their own end, yeah. and uh, I, I didn't love that. But, again, long way to go. Uh, good to get one under the belt in the win column to start things off. 
And, you know, let's see. I mean, I'm you know, look, I'm excited. I mean, it's, it gives us uh, something else to yeah. uh, watch and, and talk about and worry about other than the Patriots, which have been a major disappointment. We'll get to them in a moment. So let me, um, let me bring this up, too, because um, another thing that our friend up in Boston, um, you know, Wee. has been, been poo-pooing um, <laughs> this whole week is the Centennial Celebration. Scott, I know you're an old, old school hockey fan. I think it's cool. Like, it's 100 years of history, yep. and you're honoring some of the great Bruins of all time. I thought the pregame ceremony was very well done the other night. Um, and, I, and I really like – I like this whole – so they put out the all-centennial team on Thursday. I, I like looking at that, hearing about that. So I watched the whole video of the whole selection. Yep. I did. And yep. Did you get to watch it at all? No, I didn't. So I watched it. It's an hour long, and I just put it on with lunch yesterday, and I was just watching it, and it's – Basically, they had a big committee come together, um, you know, full of, like, writers and, you know, that whether they're local and or, you know, national, international, people from the Hall of Fame, uh, season ticket holders. Like, there was just a big committee, and basically they all got in a room, and they nominated guys for the All-Centennial team, and there were some obvious ones that, where they were like, okay, Bobby Orr, is he on the All-Centennial team? Anybody object? Ha, 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 No. Phil Esposito, is he on the All-Centennial team? Yeah. Um, and then they, for other guys, they had debate, and it was actually, it was cool to listen to the yep. debate because, you know, there's a lot of great Bruins in history, and on this team they had 20 players. They went with their classic 12 forwards, six defensemen, two goaltenders. Yep. Um, you know, the 12 forwards, it, it was interesting, the debate at the end. David Pasternak ends up making the All-Centennial team. But it's funny if you look at because you you think the initial thought to me was like eh, is it too early? Not really. If you look at the statistics, no. he's there. He's been in the league ten years. He's there. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. Well, that, okay, that makes sense. And it was good debate. Basically, what they came down to with the forwards and the D was um, did Clapper do they put him in as a defenseman or they, do they put him on as a forward? Because you could do both. But by putting him on as a defenseman. It left off Lionel Hitchman, and so then they were like, okay, well, if we do that, then that means that we put Krejci and Pasternak on the team, blah, 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 blah. So it was an interesting discussion, interesting debate. But the reason I really wanted to bring this up was because the best debate of the All-Centennial team was the two spots for the goaltender, Scott. And so it was funny. So everybody in the room nominates a name, and then they would say, okay, do we want to have further discussion on this person or – you know, is it a unanimous selection? Well, they go to the goaltenders, and basically everybody was like, no, let's discuss this further. It's going to be tough. Our friend Joey Mack nominates Tuka Rask. <laughs> oh and everybody's like, everybody's like, yep, further discussion. Now, they went in alphabetical order. Yeah. So it was like, I think it was like Ty Anderson from the Sports Hub had the first nomination. And so he was like, okay, everybody, if I'm first, I guess I'll nominate Bobby Orr. So it's like Joey's like middle of the list. Yeah. So they've already nominated all the unanimous selections. So they're just yeah. throwing the goaltenders out there. So I don't mean to pick on Joey, but it was just funny because I'm like, oh, it's going to be good. Um, but they talked about all the goaltenders. They pre- they basically got the list down to five. Okay. It was Frank Brimsick, Tiny Thompson, uh, Jerry Cheevers, Tim Thomas, and Tuka Rask. They went with Brimsick and Cheevers. Right. Interesting. Both guys won. Multiple cups. Right. They did. And I think that's basically what tipped the argument because they both said, like, well, Tiny Thompson has all these stats, but, you know, do they, they you know, value the cups like they like they should? And they basically did. And it came down to 
They put Brimsick on, definitely. It came down to Cheevers and Thomas, and it was a very close vote, but they went with Jerry Cheevers. I'm glad they went with Cheesy, and I love Tim Thomas. I mean, that that one postseason he had was just spectacular, but I would go with Cheesy. I mean... I I love Thomas also, but I feel like his run here was too short. Agree. His his personality is a bit polarizing, which may turn off some people. Well, that part, Joe, I think it's been repaired. Because he was at the, uh, yeah. the celebration the other night, like yeah, but I I don't think he can hold that against him. I don't either. think so. Either. You know, I, he, he's not exactly Kurt Schilling esque. Yeah, no, that's okay? my thought. not even close. So I I, I would not hold that against him. No. I I disagree with that that other part uh, that Joe said that his his tenure as a Bruin just seemed a little bit too short for me. There was only one Stanley Cup, not two, like Jerry Cheevers. I mean, when I think of Boston Bruins goaltenders, Jerry Cheevers is one of the first names that pops to mind. So, yeah, I, I mean, I. I, if you if that was the decision, it came down to Cheevers and Thomas, not Brimsick and, and Thomas. Yeah, I would say Jerry Cheevers. That's basically what it was. They went around the room and they yep. voted, and it was very close. But I I wanted to get your opinion on that because one, you know of Jerry Cheevers, of course. Um, well, two, Thomas. I mean, he carried that team to a Stanley Cup. Unbelievable. He car- he put him on their, his back. But the the funny thing was in this argument, the first goaltender that they eliminated from the discussion. Tuca was Tuca. Yeah, and I'm not surprised. Tuca has the longevity card. He has regular season greatness and excellence, but he has postseason collapse written all over. The funny thing is, if they had won Game Seven in 2019, would he be on this All Centennial? He probably would. That's unbelievable. Yeah, he probably would. That is crazy, and he is an all-time great goaltender for this franchise. He really is. But it's funny when you had to get down to two spots. You know, everybody in the room was like, "Well, Cheevers won these cups. Thomas went on this historic run, three game seven victories." It, it was just, it was a very interesting discussion. So it was, it was cool. I, I, I really enjoyed it because it's, it's fun to, to look back at some of the history and debate. And the cool thing is, like, you're not, t- you're not saying this guy's a bad player if he's not on the team. The reason he's in the discussion is because he's a great player. Right. You know, and that's that's the fun in the debate. The guys on the list that, you know, I think back fondly on because I was a kid when they played. I mean, I uh, the forwards, Ricky Middleton. I love oh, Ricky. Yeah. I mean, he was one of my favorites. Cam Neely, obviously. Terry O'Reilly was a guy that I loved. You know, I'm, I'm too young to I, – I shouldn't say that. I, I remember Wayne Cashman, but I remember Wayne Cashman more toward the latter stages of his career. Um, but, you know, those are the names on the forward list that I love. Forget about the modern-day guys like yeah. Bergeron and Marchand and, and Pasta. But a lot of those guys made the list, you yeah. know? Defensively, I mean, Brad Park. I mean, that's a guy that I remember fondly. Again, yeah. I'm too young to remember Bobby Orr in his prime. I, I just you know, I just don't remember that. My dad loved Bobby Orr. Um, but obviously Ray Bork, Zidane Ochara are no-brainers as well. Bork was my guy. Bork yeah. was my guy. He's the first Bruin that I remember really growing up watching and loving. He was awesome. And one of the classiest athletes you'll ever meet. You know, you could say the oh. same thing about Bobby Orr, too, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, these guys are just top of the list, just awesome. It was great. Like, when they're walking on the gold carpet the other night, seeing Johnny Busick walk through there, like, it's, it's so cool when you see somebody like that that has such history with a franchise and still, I mean, he's walking in, he's got his hat on, he's like, uh, it's just so cool. Like, that, that stuff really, it makes me giddy because yeah. you think back on all the memories that you have as a, as a fan. So it was pretty cool. So a little Bruin stuff to start. Uh, how about the Red Sox? Sean McAdam writes a piece earlier this week. They're having trouble landing a new GM or whatever title they're going to give that person who shops for the baseball groceries. 
Um, I can't say I'm surprised. I'm not either. It's it bogs down to this is a this is a job that hasn't had much job security. Doesn't right. matter what industry it is right. or whatever. It's a job that doesn't have job security. It, 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 it's it, and you've got ownership that has clearly demonstrated they don't know what the hell they want. Yeah. Right. You had Dombrowski, who was a guy that, you know, was more about making sure that the big league club was all set and doing whatever it took toward that end. And then they bring in the other guy who's all about shoring up the farm system and creating depth in the, down on the farm, and they fired both of them. So, you know, it's interesting, Scott. For doing what, really, I think they expected them to do. You know, it's interesting. The NLCS matchup. Who uh, runs those teams? Hmm. The Philadelphia Dave. Phillies run Dave by Dave Dombrowski. Mm. Uh, yep. That sounds familiar. Yep. How about the Arizona Diamondbacks? Another former Red Sox. Yeah. Mike Hazen, yeah. who used to be the GM here. Yeah. Uh, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. Wow. You know, why, Bob Lobel, why can't we get guys yeah, like that? That's right. Interesting. No, it's it's the job security thing. I think that is real. Um, it was the, That question was asked at the end-of-season press conference to Sam Kennedy, and Sam, Sam got a little sensitive about it he, he had a strong firm answer he's like if you this is the boston red sox if you don't well you know whatever i'm like no that's not the right answer i'm like sam that's yeah like yeah. it was a little testy yeah um and you don't usually see that from sam kennedy but i understand it's the boston red sox D- does any person any candidate feel comfortable taking the job thinking they're going to have job security here not right now or be given the time to do what they need to do not right now they a- don't. and they're not able to pick their own manager with how they're treating that, Cora. well that's the other part that yeah. McAdam pointed out right a lot of gms want to come in and they want to empower not not just to not just the manager but the guys in the personnel department who they're hanging on to as well mm-hmm. like the new gm wants to come in and say okay i want to hire my own people from manager of the baseball team to you know, scouting all that other stuff. Yeah. And I, I guess maybe there's some feeling that the Red Sox aren't going to allow this new person to do that. So yeah. that's it's so it's so interesting. I, I think this is trending toward them going probably with an internal candidate like an Eddie Romero. Um, I think that's that's just because I, I don't think anybody from the outside, like you said, wants to come in and just have everything forced on them. They want. If you come into a job and you are the manager and you get to pick your own team, don't you feel like that sets you up for success anywhere yeah. you go? And and Sam Kennedy ought to realize, oh, my God, we're getting turned down by people for this job. Um, maybe, you know, we're not the organization we think we are, okay? Oh, or what have we done to this storied franchise? We're the Boston Red Sox, right? Yeah. You've, made, you've gotten it to a point where now people aren't sure they want to come here. Of course. And, and it's uh, it, because of all the ways that you've done business the last few years. Like you said, Scott, like, what what are they? What are they going to be? You know, this offseason, if somebody comes in and starts running the baseball operation, are they going to be allowed to really build the baseball team the way they want to, the way that the Red Sox should, by spending some money, right. by going out and getting some big-name free agents? You know, even By trading talent down on the exactly. farm. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I, I don't know, but I'm not I am not surprised at all. And they need to change the narrative on that. That is on the Red Sox. That the is big on the- league club should always be the priority for yes. the Boston Red Sox. Always. And again, you know, they, they, they tried to do the Tampa Bay model. What did that? What has it done for the Rays? How Nothing. many world championships have the Tampa Bay Rays won? Nothing. Zero. Exactly. Zero. And they flamed out again this year in the postseason. Yeah. There's a there's a way to do it. And, and it's funny, even. 
I don't think there's any perfect model, a perfect system, because we all say, like, no, we want to do it like the Dodgers, who, you know, win at the big league level and spend there and then also build up on the farm and get talent up there. Dodgers have one World Series in a COVID year. In a COVID year. That's it. Yeah, that's it. So, you know, I don't know if there's a perfect – I think the the perfect model or the model you might want to follow, besides, you know, banging the whole trash can thing, is the Astros. The Astros have been to seven straight ALCS. I know. Seven straight. I know. They built a farm system. They kept their talent. They kept their own talent in-house when they came up to the big league level and succeeded. And then they've just filled in those spots, those positions, as guys have left. In addition to having a lot of good and clutch hitters, what's the one thing the Astros have had all these years, Pitching. Too? Great starting pitching. Pitching, yes. Okay. You never 100%. had to worry about their starting pitching. 100%. Okay. And I think that's... I mean, that's part of the reason the Dodgers have kind of collapsed is because they're they're great starting pitcher, that guy at the top of the rotation. Oh, man. I mean, I think it's mental now with with Clayton Kershaw. I mean, that that guy just – it gets to the postseason, and it is just – it is what it is. It falls apart. It's unbelievable. I actually feel bad for the guy. Um, You know, and then they – I don't know, Lance Lynn the other night, like, that's a home run or two or five waiting to happen. Um, no, but I think the Astros are probably the model that you want to follow. So, and it's okay to like trade away young talent and then bring in big league talent. Like, although, th- although the Phillies model isn't a bad one either. They've got a GM. No, it's not. Is getting it done down there, as yeah. you pointed out earlier. Yeah, and well, and some of the guys that are up with the Red Sox right now, the young talent, they were directed by Dave Dombrowski. Right. FYI, the guy that you know, oh, sells off the farm system. He actually did a decent job identifying some young talent. So. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. All right, 401-777-1037 is the phone number if you want to join us this morning. That's 401-777-1037. You can reach us on the text line as well. That number is 37937. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will uh, introduce the Patriots talk to you as well. You are listening to Cordishi and Coit on WEEI. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Yeah. 